Hey, glad you're here. Good morning, Grace Hills. Hey, so we, uh, over the last couple of weeks, we had a few uh, heavier topics. We were talking about um, prayer and really about how we get into that. And so I thought today we'd just go a really light topic. And so uh, for a few minutes today, we're going to talk about death. Um, very light topic, going to be very easy. Um, but I'll be honest with you, it has, it's just really been on my heart over the last few months to really have a conversation and discussion about, about death and where it's at. And I'll tell you, one of the things for me is I preach a lot of sermons about death at funerals and preached a lot of those, but I think sometimes we fail to really do that in a service and really discuss what it means and where we are and how we walk through this. And so I just want to approach it today, and I hope that this will help you. And, and here's the big principle that I want you to get today that I think really affects a lot of things is this, is that your view of death will determine the way that you live. Your view of death, the way that you understand death, the way that you look at death will determine the way that you live. And as you process through death, it begins to affect your decisions. It begins to affect your relationships. It begins to affect the way that you use your time, begins to affect everything in your life. And I think a lot of us have a very ungodly view of death and it affects the way that we live. And when I say ungodly, I don't mean like you have an immoral or like um, a sinful view of death. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that I think that a lot of times we don't view and see death the way that God sees death. And then it begins to affect the way that we live. You catch that? And I think we don't see it in the same realm and in the same way, and it begins to affect everything that we, we do. And here's what I want to do today is I want to help you see death the way that God sees death. And my belief is this, is that as you begin to understand how God sees death and how he looks at it, that, that it'll free you to actually live your life. I think so many times we're stuck in the wrong mentalities. And, and let me just say this real bluntly. I think we have a lot of right knowledge about death, but that we have a lot of times wrong belief about death. And there's a difference between knowledge and belief, right? Knowledge is I know these things, I understand these things, and I get these things. Like I get it, I understand it. So you may come in here and you're like, hey, I understand the theology of death. I understand what the Bible says about death. I understand how I have new life. And like I get all that and I get it. But there's sometimes that disconnect between knowledge and belief. And I look at my life sometimes and I'll just tell you that's a big driver for me is like I, I've got years and years of school like talking theology and everything. I, I can tell you everything the Bible says about death, but there's still moments in my life where my belief and my knowledge don't line up. And what I want us to understand today is how God views death. And my hope for us is this, is that it'll begin to shift out of knowledge and into belief and to where it affects our lives. That's my hope for us today. Because I fear that a lot of us walk in our lives with residual fear and anxiety built into our DNA about death because of the way that death like unnaturally came into existence. When you think about it this, death was not in God's good creation. You think about when God created the earth, he created and he said, this is good and this is good. Uh, death was not a part of that. God did not create death in that way. It's not natural, but it was a consequence to our sin. 
When we sinned, death entered the world. And so it was this unnatural thing that all of a sudden began to show up into the world. Bible talks about it this way. When it talks about the first man, Adam, it begins to tell us how death came into the world. And it says this, it says, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. And then it says, Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone for everyone sinned. So we understand that, that, sin, that death isn't something that God created here and that just came into existence, but it, it is a consequence to our sin that is we're separated from God as we have destruction in our lives and through sin in our lives that it, it creates death. So I think a lot of us, we have this like residual fear and anxiety because we know this isn't natural. This isn't, this isn't right. Romans 6.23 says it this way. It says, for the wages of sin, the consequences of sin is death. It's not something good that God created here and said, I want you to experience this, but it's, it's a consequence to our sin. So death is not natural, right? It's a consequence to our sin. And for a long time, it had the final say in our lives and it was difficult. And so what we have, I think, is generations and generations of fearing death because it had the final say in our lives and it was built into our human nature. But everything changed because of Jesus. Amen? Everything changed because of Jesus. Romans 6.23, this is how it begins, and I love the way that it finishes. It says this, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but, everybody say but, but the free gift of God is eternal life, through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Meaning that when Jesus came and he paid the penalty for our sins, that we get the eternal life that he deserved. Uh, John 3.16, or John 3.16, most famous verse, probably in the whole entire Bible, says it this way. It says, for this is how God loved the world, that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have, what, eternal life. And this is the difference that we have. For a long time, sin and death ran rampant in our lives. And so there's like this innate fear and like worry and anxiety about what death is. But everything changed when Jesus showed up. Everything changed. When he paid the penalty for our sin. You see, here's the thing I would tell you. The message of Christianity is this, is that Jesus died the death we deserved so we could live the eternal life that he deserved. Amen? And that's the difference. When, if, uh, think about it this way. If sin, and we had that in our lives, the consequence is that is death. When Jesus died on the cross for your sins, he paid the penalty in full. So that way you don't have to pay the penalty for that anymore. The consequences have already been paid. In the Bible, when it begins to talk about that language there, it actually uses a lot of like accounting terms. Like this is your debt. He paid this debt and now you are no longer required to pay that debt. That's how we understand this. And so in a sense, it, the penalty for our sins was paid by Jesus. So the consequences of death for our sin no longer apply to us. And so for the Christian, that should change the way that we view death. We, we look at it differently now. But I think so many of us, just innate in our, in our human nature, we look at death with a pre-Jesus mindset because it's built into our human nature. And it affects the way we live. It affects our emotions. It affects our relationships. And it affects our decisions. And that's why we're talking about this today. It's not just so that you 
have solid theology. This isn't an academic exercise today where you come in and we say, hey, we want you to understand death the way that, that God understands it. So that way you have right theology and right understanding. I mean, that's a part of it. But the hope today is this, is that it doesn't stop there. But as you come in here and you begin to see death the way that God sees it, that it begins to affect your life and affects your decisions and affects the way that you live your life. See, here's why we're talking about this is because whether you realize it or not, your view of death is affecting the way that you live. And our heart here is this, at Grace Hills, if you want to know what we're about is this, is that we want to see you live the life that God has for you. It's not just about coming in, grabbing knowledge. That's important. That's a big part of it. But it's getting the knowledge so that it causes transformation in your life. Knowledge by itself does us nothing. And here's what I want you to understand is this, is that you will never live in the full freedom that God has for you until you understand the right view of death. And so here's what we're gonna do. I wanna, I wanna just give you today just a couple um, really quick principles of death that will give you a glimpse into the way that God sees it. My hope is this, is that it'll change the way that we see death and in turn, that it'll change the way that we live. Amen. So some of these points you may know, you may already like have an understanding of some of these things. Some of these you may not, but even if you know this, my, my challenge to you today is this, is that it will move from knowledge to heart. So how do we begin to do this? So number one is this, is that because of Jesus, death is not final. Because of Jesus, death is not final. Once again, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And a lot of us understand that death is not final. Like we get it, we comprehend it, and we get it. But a lot of us don't feel this, right? There's a difference between knowing and feeling it because we're so wrapped up, I think, so many times in our life in like this natural world that we can touch and that we can see that we cannot comprehend anything beyond what we cannot see. I think that's where we're stuck at. And I'll just be honest, like that's one of the hardest things that I walk through when, when, I, when I do funerals and I'm counseling people through this is it's very hard to move from like what we see and what we understand and realizing that there is more to this than, than what we just see. And so when it's all wrapped up in what we see, death becomes something to fear. And, and that gives us anxiety and that we avoid at every cost and that we run from because it gives us an uneasiness because there are so many unknowns about it. Because we're fo so focused on what we see right now that it gives us this, this kind of just tense feeling. Even if we know it up here, but yet we don't believe it, there's just like this, this tension about it. And I think that's why the Bible over and over, there, it just continually reminds us with this idea to keep our eyes on eternity, not just in what we see right now. That's what Paul does over and over. He reminds us putting our eyes on, a, on eternity. One of the ways that he does it well is in 2 Corinthians. And in 2 Corinthians, he's talking about the temporary nature of life and how we should keep our focus and what we should do and the way we should view death. And he teaches us this in 2 Corinthians 4.16. I think it's so helpful. He says, this is why we never give up. He says, though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. 
And then he goes on, he says, for our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. And then I love this part, he says, so we don't look at the troubles we can see now, rather we fix our gaze on the things that cannot be seen. And lastly, he says this, for the things that we see now will soon be gone, but the things that we cannot see will last forever. See, Paul and all of the early Christians, they were at this point where they had to come to terms really quickly with what they believed about eternity. They were at a place where for them, the decision to follow Jesus likely meant the end of their lives. That for the vast majority of them, if they chose to follow Jesus, chose to put their belief in Jesus, that it was likely gonna mean their death and their martyrdom in that. And so they've gotta come to terms with eternity and like, I know what I see, but I also know what I believe in that I cannot see. And do I actually believe that what I cannot see is gonna last forever and that this is just temporary. Like they had to come to terms with it of, do I actually believe this? Not just knowledge, but like, do I believe that eternity exists and that eternity with God, is, is that a real thing? And for most of us, like I doubt that very, probably none of us in this building and will ever have to come to the place where we have to decide, do I follow Jesus and it's gonna cause me death or do I turn away from him? Very few of us will come to that thing where you have a decision, where you either choose your natural life or where you choose Jesus and you will die. Like we don't have to come to terms with eternity like that, right? For us as Americans, we're in a pretty good place. We, we get a pretty easy life. And for us, Christianity is almost just like a value add that I'm living my life. And then on top of that, I can add walking with Jesus and going to church because it has good community and that I can be a part of something bigger than myself. And so it's just a value add that I can add to my life. That is not what they were dealing with here. It wasn't just like, hey, actually, I can put the fish on the back of my car and people will think that I'm actually a lightly better person and they maybe won't honk at me, right? Like, or if I put it on my business card, then maybe I'll get more business because people will think I'm trustworthy or that it's just, a, it's just a good community to be a part of. No, they were having to choose, do I actually believe this? Do I know that eternity, that the things that I see will soon be gone, but that eternity will last forever? And I think that, us, what we've done is we've lost the necessity to deal with eternity immediately. And so we live our lives caring about right now instead of keeping an eye on eternity. They had to make some tough decisions. And so Paul tells them over and over and over, keep your eye on eternity. But there's more to this. Your present sufferings, the things you're walking through are temporary. But let me tell you about heaven. And it was a big deal. And so I think for us, we have a warped view of eternity in heaven where we know that God offers us eternal life, but we don't really think about it because we don't have to deal with death in our lives immediately all the time. But the centerpiece of God's view of death, like the centerpiece, the, the thing that it's all based on is a view towards eternity where death does not have the final say. That's everything. That's, that's the whole entire, when you begin to read the New Testament, it's about following Jesus with an eye towards eternity because there's more than what you see right now. It's bigger than that. 
This is what Jesus says when he's speaking with a woman whose brother has died. If you know the story, it's where he comes to, to the tomb of Lazarus. And, and so there's this family that he passionately loves and he cares about. And Jesus talks about death in this way. He says, Jesus told her, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Big deal. There's a lot of theology here we can't even go into, but he's saying, like, believe in me that I am the resurrection, not just that I bring resurrection in life, but belief in me changes your eternal destiny. And then he goes on, he says, anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Centerpiece of it all. It's not just about what you see right now, but it's about eternity. And he says, everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. He's talking about our spirits, that even though, like that scripture a while ago says, that even though our bodies die, that, that eternally, that our spirits live on. And then I love this. He says, do you believe this, Martha? He, he tells us that death is not final. And I think for a lot of us, we like inherently know that this is not the end. Like we somewhat know, uh, but we don't, uh, like I think we all know like at the end that we don't just become worm food. Like we understand that there's more than this, that there is more. And Jesus says, those who believe in me that you will experience eternal life. That's the pathway. Death is not final. Death is not final. Which brings us to the second thing is this, is first view that God gives us is that death is not final. But, but the second thing is this, is that death is not a loss for the Christian. This is the big one that we don't understand so many times. I think most of us get the first one. Everybody says, okay, eternal life, I get that. I've understood that. I've been around church enough that I understand Jesus died for my sins so I can have eternal life. We get that. This is the one that I think we miss. This is the one that, that we don't feel. We, maybe we even feel the other one like, okay, they've gone to a better place. This is the one that I think that we don't actually get. And I think the greatest detriment to our view of death is that we see it as a loss. That's the way that we view death. But God doesn't see it as a loss at all. We do though because we're so focused once again on what we see that we end up feeling like the end of this life is a loss. But God sees it as a game. It's interesting. Here's a scripture that will blow your mind. When I, was, I, when I was working on this sermon, I remembered this scripture and, and was studying it. And it just, when you read it, it really does just like blow our, the way that we approach life and death and changes everything. Paul's writing this and he's talking about his view of life and death and how do you balance life and death and how do you walk through this? And he says this in Philippians 1.20, he says, for I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will Will continue to be bold for Christ as I've been in the past. Now, what is he saying here? Once again, he's somebody who's having to come to terms with, if I am bold in my Christianity, that it likely means that I will die. And so he's coming here and he's saying, look, I expect that I will, that I and hope that I will never be ashamed, that I won't ever come to this place where I will hide from my belief, hide from God because of the pressure of all of these things, but I, that I will never be ashamed that I will continue to be bold for Christ, even in the face of death, as I've been in the past. And then he says this, he goes on. And then he says, and I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or whether I die. And then here's the verse I really want you to ponder today. And I think this is just mind blowing. He says this, he says, for to me, living means living for Christ and dying is even better. Do you read that? And if you have a different translation, maybe you read it from the old where it says, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. 
That blows your mind. Like we can read past this and maybe you've heard it enough that it's just familiar to you that for me, living means living for Christ and that dying is even better. Okay, like that's great. I read that and you can move on. But if you look at this, that living is that I live for Christ, but dying is even better. Like that blows my mind. Like I don't always feel that. For us, the idea that, that death is actually a gain is so foreign to our minds. I don't think that we even process this. We may say it when somebody that we like dies and we want to comfort people. We say, oh, they're in a better place. But do we actually believe that? Do you believe that for your life? Like, I don't know sometimes if I always believe that in me. Like, I know it, but do I believe it and feel like that? But when you understand that death is a game, it frees you to live. I love the way that Paul talks about this here, right? He says, if I'm living, great. God has a purpose for my life and there's something for me to do and there's a mission for me to do it. If I die, great. I've just gained heaven. Like either way, I am content in where I'm at, amen? That's God's view of death. that's his view at all. But our view is that death is a loss and that heaven is really just like a consolation prize. If you think about it, that's where we're at a lot of times, right? That that we die, but in consolation, we get eternity in heaven with God. And that's kind of like, that's the way to soften the blow of death is that, well, really, they're, they're in a better place. But it's not that at all. It's a bigger deal. I love the way that he goes on. He says, He says, but if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ, so I don't really know which is better. And I love it. He goes on, he says, I'm torn between two desires. He says, I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me, but for your sakes, it is better that I continue to live. If I, if I die, great, I get to be in heaven with Jesus. If I, if I die, great, or if I continue to live, great, it is good because God has a mission for my life. We got to change the way we do it. See, what we see in taught in scripture is this, is that eternity should be our desire, not the consolation prize. Amen? We've got a warped view, I think, of heaven sometimes. We've got to begin to shift this. And when we believe that really that heaven is my desire, that eternity with God is better than anything I could ever experience here and now, it changes the way that I live. It changes the way that I live now. Now, let me be clear. I'm not saying that we should have a death wish because as long as we're breathing, God still has a purpose for us, right? That, that's Paul's, what he's saying here. It's like, it's uh, like, it would be good for me if I go, like, that's great. But also like, I have a purpose here to serve you. And so I don't know, like I'm torn between these two things. Let me just say this. I, I wasn't gonna say this today, but let me just say, if you came in here today and um, maybe you are, are dealing with depression or suicidal thoughts and you are doing, this is not to say, hey, that this is, that the end is better for you, but it is to say that you still have a purpose because you're still breathing. Amen? If you've ever felt that and you come into the point of like, I can't bear the weight of this anymore and I've got some of these, these feelings, let me tell you, God is not done with you yet. He still has a purpose for your life. He has reason for you to exist. If you are here, like he's saying, it is that you have a purpose to serve and to live. And there are people that need you. So just, if you are walking through that, let me say this. Don't be ashamed that you're walking through that. Uh, come, we've got pastors here who would love to help you and walk through that. And so if you need help in that, just be open. We wanna walk through that together, amen? 
Don't ever be ashamed of that. But if, you, if you're at a place, so it doesn't mean that we have a death wish. But what Paul's teaching us here is this, is that there's a healthy tension between death and life. A healthy tension, which we talk about in so many different things in theology, right? There's this tension between that eternity, I desire it. And I know what it is. And I know what God is leading me to. But at the same time, the other tension is, I know that if I'm still here, there's purpose for my life. And there's mission for me to do. And there's fulfillment and, and ways that I get to partner with God here and right now. And so I'm holding this tension where no matter what goes on in my life right now, that I am looking forward to eternity. But also that I'm not saying I want to just go to eternity right now. But I know that if I'm still breathing, that God has still mission for my life. And I'm walking with these two things in tension. That's what Paul's teaching us here. I'm torn between two desires. I'm, I'm balancing these two things. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me. But for your sakes, it's better that I continue to live, that I have purpose in my life. See, death for us is a gain, not a loss. That's what, that's what Paul teaches us. And that's a tension side that we've got to hold here. Now, how does that affect the way that you live? If we actually begin to look at this and understand this, that death is a gain, that it's not a loss, how does it begin to affect the way that we live? Well, first thing I would tell you is this, is that it frees you from the fear of death. When you, when you really understand, I, and I would just say this, I think a lot of us would say, oh, we don't fear death, but we really do. Like, it's easy to go like, oh, no, it's not a big deal. Like, and we just, we have like a feigned ignorance of death and an ignorance is bliss. And as long as I don't think about it, it's fine. But when it comes down to it, like, that's a hard pill to swallow. But when I understand that it really is a gain, it frees me from the fear of death where I, I enjoy living and I live the purpose that God has for me. But yet I know that if it comes to the point where I die, I've just gained heaven and eternity with God. Fix our life. See, when you realize that death is not losing, it is so much less fearful. Now, let me pause here and say this, that a godly view of death does not mean that gaining heaven leads to an absence of mourning. And I want to be clear here in this with you. Uh, I was reading a commentary this week uh, from a theologian from the 600s. And uh, he was talking about how because heaven is a gain, how we are, we're not supposed to mourn at all. And like there's not supposed to be that heavy heartedness or like even any like questioning in that at all. And that we because of Jesus that we're just happy all the time. And I, I just do not agree with that at all. Like, I don't believe that at all. There is room for mourning our temporary loss. And that's okay. Uh, we can. I think about it like this. If Casey, my wife, if she came to me today and she said, hey, um, I'm going to move to Africa and I will be back in 40 years, right? But I will not talk to you. I will not speak to you. I will still love you, but I will be gone and for 40 years and then I will be back in 40 years. I'm going to be sad about it. Like, right, it's going to make me, it's going to have a heavy heart. And even if I know that she's going to return, even if I know that I'm going to see her again in 40 years, that 40 years is still hard. And there's still some mourning in that. And so I think there's still place there for mourning our temporary loss. See, hope in death doesn't mean the absence of mourning. 
Paul talks about it, and he teaches his followers what happens when we die, and he's, he's trying to help them process how do we understand and walk through those emotions and feelings when somebody dies, and he says it this way. He says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died, and I love this. He says, so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. Doesn't mean that you don't grieve at all, but that we grieve in a different way that we grieve with hope. There's still heavy heartedness. There's still some, some compassion and empathy and, and feelings that we walk through, but at the same time, we do it in a different way with hope in Jesus, amen? That's how we do it. Changes everything. See, we, we know this as well. When I think about the story that we read just a piece of earlier. When Jesus shows up to the tomb of Lazarus, Lazarus was a friend of his. He was close friends with Mary and Martha and loved them dearly. And uh, his friend Lazarus dies and Jesus shows up onto the scene. And, and the Bible says two emotions that he has. First place is that he's angered at what happened, that death took his friend. And then secondly, the shortest verse in the Bible, it says that Jesus wept. Jesus wept. And what's interesting about that is Jesus knew full well in about five minutes that he was going to resurrect Lazarus from the dead. So he knew that death was defeated. He knew all of these things, but yet still in that moment, he still felt the empathy and compassion and also I think the real emotion of what was happening. And he still grieved even with the hope of what happens in death. He still wept. And I would say this to you. I think there is some wrong mentalities that tries to get us to believe that, that hope in the afterlife and hope with what Jesus is taking us to means that there doesn't have any mourning and we just got to be chipper and we're fine and everything's great and we've got... No, I think there can still be a place for healthy and good mourning as long as we do it in the right way. We don't mourn in a way that is, that, that, that is hopeless and that we go into a pit that we can never escape, but we do it in a way that we realize what is still coming, but we're still heavy-hearted in the situation we're in. Amen? So if you're still mourning someone you love, I would just tell you this. That's okay. That's okay. As long as you mourn the right way. That's okay. With hope and without fear. Because we see death the way that God sees it. We get to walk without fear. So understanding death as a gain affects our life firstly because it frees us from the fear of death. But here's the second thing that I would also tell you is this, is that it also gives you purpose in your life. It gives you purpose in your life. Uh, we, we said it earlier, but what is it, the old cliche that as long as I'm still breathing, God's not done with me yet. But how do we embody that? Philippians 1, once again, we've read this before, but I just want to hit this again. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me. But for your sakes, meaning I still have a purpose and mission in your life, it is better that I continue to live. If I'm still living, God still has purpose for me. So we got to shift out of this mindset from avoiding death to living my temporary life with purpose. Amen? Think about it this way. If you went to the doctor tomorrow and you walked in and they said, hey, we've got bad news. You've got a terminal disease and there is no cure. There's no way to walk through this. You've got six months to live. Uh, think about how different you would live your last six months. 
What different decisions would you make? How would you engage in relationships different? What would your purpose different be? How would, you, how would your perception of life be? What would we do different? When you think about that, it, it kind of hits you hard. Like, okay, there's some, there's some changes that I would make. There's some attitudes that I would do differently. There's some ways that I would walk in relationships would be different. And, and so it's easy for us to think about it that way when it's very clear, very, very segmented that way. We get it. But I would tell you this today is that we all have a terminal disease. You will die. There will be a moment that you will die. So live your life with purpose now. Not out of fear of death that you only have a little bit of time left, but out of divine purpose that I say, hey, when I die, I will be with Christ in eternity and that is great. But for the time that I'm here right now, that I have purpose and intention in my life right now, amen? And I think in essence, here's what I would say to you this. As Christians, we get the privilege of living a free life. A free life. A life where we say, if I die, great, I go to heaven. But if I'm still living, great, God has a purpose for me. I think what that does is take so much weight off of us. And that's my hope for you today, is I think that a lot of times we don't view death the way that God views death. And it is heavy when we don't view it the way that God does. That's a burden to bear. But how do we come to a place where we say, no, death is not final. And as long as I'm still living, that God has a purpose for me. And that ultimately when I go to heaven, that I know that death is a gain. Because when we see death the way that God sees it, it frees us to live the life that God has for us. Amen? So it's a heavy topic today. But I think when we actually get it, it frees us. Can I pray for you this morning? God, we thank you this morning that you are so good and so faithful to us and that, <laughs> that you loved us so much that you sent your son to die in our place so that way we could experience eternal life with you. We thank you that death does not have the final say in our lives. We thank you that we have hope and eternity because of you. Not because of what we've done. Not because of who we are, but because of what you've done. That you took the weight of our sin on the cross so that way we could have the beauty of glory with you. God, I pray that today that that won't be just knowledge, but that we'll believe it. And it'll free us in our lives. Free us in the way we live. Free us in the decisions we make. And that we'll begin to live our lives in light of eternity. Knowing that this moment that we're in is temporary. And so in our temporariness, we're going to do everything that we can to make a difference. And that when we die, we gain heaven. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Everybody said...